This is the Mining Your Business podcast, a show all about process mining, data science, and advanced business analytics. I am yet again, Patrick, and with me, as always, my colleague, Jakob. How are you doing? I'm doing fine, Patrick. Hi. Today's episode is all about the people behind the process and the steps you can follow to achieve process excellence. Here to give us the rundown, Mirko Kloppenburg, Head of Methods and Tools of Lufthansa and founder of New Process Lab. Let's go. Process mining and business process management is all about technology. We keep hearing buzzwords such as digital footprint, robotic process automation, or machine learning. It's new, it's sexy, it's exciting. Sometimes, however, we keep forgetting that behind all those processes, there are still people, human beings who take decisions and are directly impacting all the processes. To talk about the people behind processes and how not to leave them behind or throw them overboard is here today Mirko Kloppenburg from Lufthansa, founder of so-called New Process Lab, where the people, not the technology, play the main role. Mirko, welcome to the show. We are very excited to have you here. Yeah, thank you very much, Jacob. It's a pleasure for me to be here. And uh, <laughs> let's see what I can provide to the community in this. I'm sure I'm sure you will provide a very exciting value. And uh, this is a topic that we really never discussed before. We are usually overfixed at the technology as both me and Patrick, we are data scientists. So that's all we do. So I guess it will, it will be a very interesting discussion. But before we get to that point, uh, Mirko, uh, you currently work as a head of methods and tools at Lufthansa uh, in a department process excellence. Can you tell us a bit more about what does it even mean? <laughs> yeah, that's a very good question. So uh, what uh, my team and I are doing is providing uh, methods and tools for process excellence to the whole Lufthansa group. Uh, so we are operating a tool to document processes mm -hmm. with a strong focus on the employees already. So we are describing all the processes of the group um, for the employees, so not for a technical uh, perspective. So there is not the plan to um, generate code out of uh, what we map. It's mm -hmm. more just uh, for the employees so that they know what and how to do it. And um, yeah, to do this, we are also the ones who design the process of process management or the process excellence process for the Lufthansa group. So um, the, the people in my team are working as so-called process architects on the different parts of the process, um, starting from taking the strategy and uh, designing the right processes to um, fulfill the strategy. And then there's a lot about thinking uh, on how to implement these uh, process mm -hmm. changes then and train the people and operate the overall system for the group. That's basically it. Um, and uh, we, we try to do on our own, for our own process, what we tell all the process owner out there, what they should do for their business processes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, um, Mikko, let me, let me ask you. So for those that aren't aware, Lufthansa is an airline, right? So exactly. just to get that out, it's an airline. <laughs> and um, so when you, when you talk about implementing processes and looking at different uh, processes across the, across the group, is it that you're looking at more the production side of it? Or are you looking at like the daily operations of the airline or are you very agnostic when it comes to, to what process yeah, you're looking at? So, so basically, um, uh, all business processes in the group can use um, the methodology and the tool. Uh, that's uh, in general the idea um, that we all use the same language or the same notation and the same role concept to describe our processes so uh, that we have a common basis to discuss on process issues. Doesn't matter if you are from uh, the airline itself, like Lufthansa or Swiss or Austrian, which are all mm -hmm. part of the Lufthansa group, or um, from other units like the technical division, Lufthansa Technik, and doing MRO, uh, maintenance and repair overhaul of aircraft so uh, the concept is always the same and um, then you can easily discuss with all the interfaces about processes that's the idea um what does the the process be or what does really that framework look like so you say it's heavily uh or more people focused than really the technology behind it so i'm actually interested uh what does it look like when you say that uh, anybody can use it what is the framework yeah okay 
So uh, what you can more or less touch and feel or look at is the application that we have developed on our own and we are providing to the group where you can simply log in with your account and then select your roles, which were assigned to you by your line manager, by your boss. Mm -hmm. And uh, as an employee, then you can say, ah, okay, this is my role. Like uh, I'm a mechanic and uh, I want to see my processes now. And then you can easily access these processes and uh, see the process descriptions. Uh, which are, in our case, um, not comparable to BPMN 2.0, for example, because we're using a very simplified notation mm -hmm. with mm -hmm. uh, swim lanes and uh, roles, and they always fit uh, to the screen, uh, so you don't have to scroll back and forth. Uh, you then have to jump to adjacent processes. Um, mm -hmm. That's basically um, how, how it looks like. So within the processes, there are the roles and activities and decisions. And uh, as an employee, you, you then click onto one of these activities and that opens up an info box with detailed description of how to perform this and that process. So that's the idea mm -hmm. um, of the system. And there is an overall framework with a role concept of having process ownership and process architects and so on, how to operate, manage and improve mm -hmm. the processes then. Um, it seems that you got very excited for the processes in general and that you even started your own initiative called uh, New Process Lab. Uh, so before we get into New Process Lab, uh, where does the excitement for processes come from, really? Tell us. Actually, I don't know. <laughs> it's just there. <laughs> very good, very good <laughs> answer. It's, it's so <laughs> fascinating um, to have these uh, on the one hand side, really theoretical discussions on, on processes, um, and develop the picture, sketch the process, even if you do it with post-its. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think that's really fascinating. Uh, ask the people how they are doing this and that. And then think about ways to improve the processes or even to innovate to it in a completely different way. And I really love having these uh, workshops with the people working in the processes with all the experts there. And, um, yeah, in, in the next step, then, um, to change. The reality by having a target picture of how the process could look like in the future mm -hmm. and then just uh, go for it think about how how this could become reality and what you have to do there that's more or less what i find really interesting so do you find that in these workshops working with the people you find out more information than you could from just some database where you figure out what people are doing just by the data that's entered yeah definitely um it's so fascinating to sit together with the people, if it's allowed, <laughs> in one room and ask uh, all the questions until you really understand what they are doing and how they are doing this. And uh, if you're working as a process modeler and you're mapping the process and asking all these questions in the end, um, suddenly the process picture really makes sense. And that's uh, the moment where you then say, ah, okay, now I understand what you're doing and uh, it definitely makes sense. And uh, I love this uh, interaction with all these experts. Um, with regards to Lufthansa, some of the guys are there for more than 40 years working, so they mm. are longer in the company than I'm old. And uh, <laughs> this is really cool. Yeah, it happens very often to us as well, uh, meaning that we are under 30, so <laughs> very often happens that too. Um, yeah, these days doing uh, workshops uh, is still a bit different. So I guess that yeah. uh, the interaction is not really there, but hopefully it will be there, uh, there back soon. Um, so you started this new process lab. Uh, what is it? How would you describe it to someone who hears about it for the first time? Yeah, actually, I, I was already thinking about the topic uh, for two to three years uh, until I started, but um, there was never the time to really... Uh, step a little bit back and uh, rethink what mm -hmm. I have been doing for the last nearly 20 years. Um, but uh, then unfortunately, uh, COVID yeah. hit us really hard as uh, Lufthansa Group and uh, we had to go to short time work. And that's where I won some time uh, for myself to mm -hmm. think about uh, what I've done within the last years. And um, I, I've also been running a new work project within the company, uh, work on the culture and so on. And this was also quite interesting, doing all these uh, cultural workshops with the colleagues there. And I tried to combine new work aspects and uh, business process management. And this is how the term new process was mm -hmm. born um, to come to a more human-centric mindset in, in BPM. Uh, to be honest, um, 
in in my world there was uh, in the past uh, a lot of discussions on uh, FTEs budgets um, how to get the money to run the projects higher faster further has always been mm -hmm. the motto so to say and um, often the people were not really in the focus of what we were doing and um, for me I think it's really now the time to to rethink this approach and to get to more human centric approach there within process management as well and um, yeah there are a lot of fascinating aspects and uh, just yesterday i had a workshop on that and discussed it with other enthusiasts uh, on that and that's quite interesting to bring those both worlds together okay uh could you somehow briefly explain us the differences between what would be considered the previous way of the processes or the business process management and now your new approach what would be the differences what would be the common topics over that Yeah, that, that, that's uh, really good uh, because in, in my uh, point of view, there is no old pro process versus mm -hmm. new process. So it's uh, a combination of both. So uh, what we know from the past, all these mature methods, um, starting from mapping processes in, in specific notations, um, talking about how to implement these processes, all these lean, Kaizen, Six Sigma methods mm -hmm. that are out there. They are all valuable and uh, should be applied. But in addition to that, I think um, we have to take uh, a stronger focus on the human aspects now. And that's how new process was uh, invented. And um, the basis of new process are right now something like uh, eight new process principles, mm -hmm. uh, which we co-created, I would say, within the community within the last year. And um, they can be used um as reference to rethink processes so i don't know if i should give an example <laughs> of one of the principles just to to make it uh, more understandable for the listeners definitely go ahead yeah so um i think um one of the interesting ones is uh, to trust the people working in the process so this is something ah uh, if you look into the past, uh, you will find purchasing processes with several approval steps for sure. So whenever you want to buy a material as an employee, um, you needed the approval by the line manager, by the purchasing department, by the controlling. But why? Why? Because mm -hmm. we don't trust the people. I think if um, you provide all the necessary information to that employee on available budget and that person should be able to decide if it's really necessary to buy the material now, then that person mm -hmm. could do it without all these approval steps. So mm -hmm. this is one um, of the principles there to, to trust the people, just as an example. Okay, uh, I see that you are already getting into the process checklist, which uh, is also available on your website. I urge any of our listeners to go check it out because I think it's really, really well done. And this is something we want to also drill down into. Um, so in your process checklist, you actually have, to have eight steps uh, of, uh, let's say, excellent uh, people-centric process approach. Um, your first step, uh, and I will always read it out, uh, inspire people for excellent processes. And you say here that you should kind of uh, build on the process management fundamentals. Um, what are these fundamentals about? Uh, what do we need to think about first before even looking at the next steps? Yeah, exactly. So um, this is also part of the checklist um, with regards to to the basics. Um, and for me, they start with having a process of process management established. So from an organizational perspective, uh, you should also handle the, the topic of process management as a process. So there should be a process owner for the topic. Uh, you need some architects working on the details and then you have to implement that within the organization. So that's basically the idea to have this process. And this process itself uh, should start with a phase. Um, <laughs> minimum for me would be to pick the organizational strategy. So within the mm -hmm. new process world, I would even re recommend to start with the process purpose uh, first uh, and then go into the strategy. And based on purpose and strategy, uh, I would recommend to design the process to find out how to fulfill the strategy and how to contribute to the purpose. And um, yeah, having all these aspects established so after design, there should be a phase 
thinking about how to implement processes. Mm-hmm. Uh, so creating all the prerequisites for the execution of the process, train the people, get all the infrastructure, set up the organization, and then operate the process. For example, based on indicators, uh, mm-hmm. so monitor the operations and um, get all the ideas uh, from local improvements and bring them back into the overall process design. So it has have a life cycle there. Mm-hmm. And um, these are, from my point of view, the basics, mm-hmm. um, which have to define, be defined and um, which we, as the ones providing process management to an organization, have to create. Mm-hmm. Now, is the, the focus on these fundamentals uh, vital to establishing good processes or is it... Just start if you're if you're an organization just starting out with this. Is it just important to get started with it, or is it very important to have a rigorous process for implementing processes already in hand before you even start? I think it should be the first uh, item on the list to think about um, because you should act as a role model. You, you cannot tell the people out there uh, being responsible or even accountable for the business processes. Yeah, please manage your processes in a structured way. And uh, you're not doing this for your own process. And um, in the end, uh, what you are doing with this process of process management, um, there is an essential element of implementing this. So you will have to train all the process owners of the business processes out there. uh, And that's just the same as they are supposed to do for their specific business processes. If you have a new HR recruiting process and would like to implement that, for sure, you have to train your recruiters on how the new process looks like. And I think from a process management perspective, it's the same for this meta level um, of the process of process management. Mm-hmm. Um, going on to the next point, that uh, is something you already mentioned, and that is to trust the people working in and on the process. Um, for, so from my perspective as a data scientist who is actually digging into the data very often, uh, I would have very hard time trusting the people, seeing how many mistakes there are in the processes, uh, be it uh, like manual touches at the point where the manual touches should not be even allowed to just mistakes and uh, uh, these kind of issues. So how would you even persuade a technical person like me to, to trust the people and not have, uh, let's say, automation do the heavy lifting? Um, that's really interesting because this brings both aspects together. Like, um, I stopped explaining that example and I did not say, um, yeah, trust is good. Yeah. And, um, maybe from an organizational perspective, you may make some checks afterwards. So, Mm -hmm. um, for me, that's, that's okay. But, um, you can still speed up the process if you, you trust the people and uh, set up a very lean process without all these approval steps. And that's, for example, uh, one thing where process mining comes into the game. I think that's, uh, where you are, uh, quite deep into the topic. And, um, you can do all these analysis afterwards. So, mm-hmm. uh, as a process architect, yeah, it's really interesting to look onto the data of the process and, uh, find out if the process is uh, executed in a way it was supposed to do. So, yeah, for me, that fits both together and um, there is no contradiction within that. Um, Do you think that for some people, um, trusting them requires some sort of prerequisite knowing kind of what uh, the field that they're in and how deep they are in the knowledge to be able to get more and more trust in what they are supposed to be doing? And if so... Um, is that just not another form of control in that sense that it, the more a person has experience, the more trust, for example, in your budget um, example, the more they are in the organization, the more budget and budget they get, which is another form of um, another control mechanism in that sense. Yeah, but it's more proactive. I would say you enable the people, you provide all the necessary information and you make sure that they are aware of what they are doing. So. Uh, for me, this uh, already starts with defining a process purpose and then communicating that to the people. So if the people working in the process know why they are working in the process and they are very well trained on all these activities and feel to be a part of that process community, um, then I think this will motivate them and help them to, to execute the process and avoid mistakes, for example. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. So it's all about the knowledge, telling them, enabling them to be able to be trusted in with the processes that they are doing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So um, thinking about measures on how to uh, enable the people, how to train them, uh, it's also an essential part of uh, the new process aspects from from my point of view. So uh, within the implementation phase, um, there as a process owner or process architect of a specific business process. You should think about how can I enable my people? How can I train them um, to execute the process? And mm-hmm. that's very important. Yeah. Part of the change and the overall transformation then. Mm-hmm. Okay. So in the next step, you actually say, and I think it closely relates to already trusting them. Uh, so the next step is to involve the people working in the process into the work on the process. Uh, this is a nice uh, play of words. <laughs> can you yeah. explain what actually mean? What does it actually mean? Yeah, so what I've experienced in the past uh, quite often is that there are some process architects uh, in their office and they think about how the process could be improved without talking to anyone working in the process. And they just think, ah, okay, I know how to do it. I just write down the process and then I send out an email and that's enough. So uh, afterwards, they will work according to the new process for sure. Mm -hmm. But this is not how it (laughs) works. And that's why I strongly recommend um, to to be as transparent as possible in the beginning, to invite the people working in the process to participate in workshops or to hand in feedback ideas on how to improve processes. And um, yeah, then let's participate them in this process design activities and uh, let, help, let them help to improve the processes. Um, so in terms of, I mean, sending an email is a work of five minutes, right? So the, the communication is short-lived and the, the, um, the relationship between the, the process manager and the, the people that are supposed to be executing it is very short. But yeah. so your point is that involving them and training them is uh, more effective. So how long um, in this discussion, how long are they involved in improving this process from, from start to finish? Uh, I think it depends uh, which business process we're talking about and how many people are working in that process. Uh, how big is the community? Um, so for uh, starting, for, for developing the purpose, the strategy, as well as the design, I would always recommend to work with a small sample that fits mm-hmm. to, to workshop, like a group of maximum 10 people, and um, make sure that they represent all the different roles working in the process all the different locations uh, that are part of the process and um, then work with this group and make sure that they take all the ideas back to the departments or locations where where they are coming from and also ask them uh, what they think what is necessary to train the people and um, it's really great to sit together with people working in the process to think about training formats, platforms, whatever you would like to develop instead of just sending out an email. So um, it always depends uh, also on the size of the change. I would say if it's just a a new feature in the tool, maybe a short video um, Mm -hmm. of one of the persons who are really working in the process, explaining the new features is nice. But if it's a bigger change, uh, then I could even think about a several days training program, Mm -hmm. for example. Mm -hmm. So... It's it's not limited. It really depends. Uh, how do you even get those people excited about doing all this? Because I can imagine they have already a lot of things on their plates, uh, meaning that this for them could be just another uh, order from top to, to, to work on this. Uh, so how do you go about making them actually feel like they're part of it and they can make the difference? Mm. A simple answer would uh, be have catering for the workshop, but uh, <laughs> no, take it we really, take it serious and uh, really uh, value uh, the contribution of the people. So ask them if they are willing to contribute their experience to this and that workshop, and then take them out of the regular work environment. Um, go to a nice mm-hmm. workshop location, just that they have the the time to really think about that. And this is also something. Uh, that already helps. If these people's, people get the time from their line manager to have one or two days um, to go out into a workshop and um, bring in their experience. So just uh, appreciate what they are doing and value their contribution there. Okay, so Patrick, I think we are doing our workshops all wrong and we should uh, probably think about the new format. <laughs> exactly, uh, I'm thinking Bora Bora. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, Mirko, do you actually have a real life example from your experience when somebody from the company, from someone who is working on the process would step up and tell, okay, so this is something that I think needs to be improved. And you actually listened to this, to this uh, voice and did the improvement, which actually yielded some results? Um, I, I think for sure there are good examples out there. Uh, unfortunately, um, I'm just the one working on the process of process management. So um, where I have real experience is just this uh, process on the meta level. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, even there on this meta level, um, what, what we are doing, uh, for example, within the Lufthansa group is to invite uh, all our process modelers uh, from all over the world once a year to a training facility that we mm-hmm. have south of Frankfurt. and. Um, sit together with these people and um, ask them for their ideas for process improvements and um, yeah, sit there together in work groups, uh, do workshops and um, start developing ideas uh, on how to improve modeling notation, for example, or modeling features. And I think there are many, many small examples where people from all around the world came up with ideas on how to improve the tool for example, so especially the modeling features in the tool. And um, then my team picked up these ideas and um, brought them into the system. Yeah. Um, I kind of wanted to ask how people get involved in the first place in this. Is it more of a fact that people get excited about what other, what other departments are doing and they kind of want to get into this as well? Or was it like everybody is doing this now and so be prepared that somebody's going to get there? Do they approach you or do you approach them? Or how, how does this um, process modeling start in the first place? Mm, I think it depends on the overall approach of the organization. So uh, why uh, would you like to implement a process-oriented management system, for example? So why would you like to document processes? Uh, what are the reasons for that? Do you have uh, legal or normative requirements to fulfill? Then there is a strong need um, to have processes documented. So if documentation is the core of what we are talking about, uh, in other areas where these requirements do not exist, there may be a request from a customer side to, to work on processes, um, to, uh, to optimize the interface, or you would like to scale up your business. Uh, and that could be the reason why um, uh, the people that are right now there document their knowledge to make it scalable if you hire new people. Um, so. That definitely depends on on why you are doing this and uh, what's the overall purpose of uh, the system. But then I would try to put that purpose into reality by by inviting the people and explain them why you are doing this and ask them to participate in uh, all these workshops, for example, to document processes, Mm -hmm. which can be boring for sure, but... um, I think it always depends on on the moderator and how these workshops are really performed in reality and um, how the people can contribute to these activities. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Um, So as a number four, you have here a point, foster the development of the people in the process. I assume it has something to do with uh, knowledge share and trainings and so on. Uh, Can you go a bit deeper into this point? Exactly. So... Um, that fits to what we just said was not just send out an email to tell the people, here's the new process and just go for it. Um, I would recommend to sit down with uh, some of the people working in the process and to think about measures um, on how to foster the development of the people working in the process. And um, yeah, like having training formats uh, to invite the people for several days to training location and go through the process, have a simulation of that process or whatever is necessary to uh, train these people. So that's basically part of that uh, new process principle. Mm-hmm. Um, I kind of wanted to ask, since um, I mean, I've worked in small businesses and large businesses. And so what I've always seen is regardless of the size that knowledge sharing or the knowledge catching or whatever else is technically, I mean, it's doable and everything, but finding the right information then from where that information came from and who it needs to go to and all that can be such a massive ordeal that um, it must take a a very structured approach and a very rigorous approach to actually get it to work properly. 
Um, what are your thoughts on how this uh, can be implemented most effectively? Mm, I think it always helps to have a common picture that you're talking about. So uh, simple process modeling notation would be for me the minimum to discuss about processes um, so that you have this common understanding of how the process looks like. That's what I recommend. would recommend to start with um, how this common language should look like. And depending on, on the purpose, what you would like to achieve with the documentation, maybe complex notations like uh, BPMN 2.0 are not the ones which the employees really love to work with. Uh, so you have to take all these uh, operators and uh, strange uh, things out of the picture, keep it as simple as possible. So the, the finding common language um, yeah. so everybody's comfortable with it is one of the key things. And do you think that actual language, so English, Spanish, and whatever else, kind of plays into a part in um, a certain block in knowledge sharing? Yeah, definitely. So um, at least you have to speak the same language to understand <laughs> what the other people are talking about. Um, often in our case, it's just English the only way to do it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. And this is often the hurdle. So if you have people um, uh, working as a mechanic uh, doing that for more than 40 years, um, they know how to read English manuals. That's not the problem. But to have these people uh, with all their experience in a workshop held in English, it's often a challenge for them. Mm -hmm. And um, then you have to find a way how to, to make that happen as well to support these people. But um, in the end, it's often great fun. <laughs> Yeah, I, uh, you also mentioned something interesting. So uh, a mechanic working 40 years uh, on, on some task. And so uh, the, the age can also be kind of a challenge or a hurdle when it comes to improvement of processes, because sometimes we all know it from experience. We face the people who will tell us, yeah, but we've been doing this the same way for the last 20 years. And then you have to really tell them, yeah, that this is possible, but uh, you know, there is a better way that eventually everyone will be happier. About. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, that's true. And I know these kind of examples where process owner says to me, Mirko, we've been doing this for 10 years and we'll do it exactly the same way the next 10 years. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I'm not that sure if that's true. Um, but I think it doesn't depend on the age of the people. Um, so I know a lot of people which are very experienced working quite a long time in that area and are still so innovative, bringing good ideas and are open for improvements there. So I think it um, doesn't matter age. In that. So this is kind of um, playing into the, one of the points is of the life cycle of it. So you implement a process and make sure that it doesn't get stale within the organization. Keep yeah. people innovating, keep having people think about new ways to improve their process and not let it stand. Yeah, exactly. And um, this should be facilitated by the overall BPM process. So. Um, you as the ones providing a process to the organization, like uh, being process owner of a business process, you should think about measures on how to continuously improve the process according to the overall process lifecycle. Um, so you should agree upon with your community how often you start with uh, rethinking the strategy that you're in and inviting the people to develop measures for improving the process or even innovating um, the process. Um, yeah, definitely. That's a very important part of this life cycle. Do this continuously. Mm -hmm. uh, as a number five in your checklist, you have a point where you say design cooperation in and on the process to meet people's needs. Uh, what do you mean by that? Do you like have an, uh, a box with an anonymous feedback where everyone can just uh, put their ideas and... Uh, Let's see, we will take a look at each of a quarter. We will just uh, take a look in the box and find the best ideas and we implement them. Or how do you do that? No, no. Um, it's way more structured um, to, to approach this uh, aspect. <laughs> so for sure, feedback is always good. Uh, also to have an anonymous uh, input channel there to get feedback from the people working in the process and integrate that to the development of the process. But um, with regards to this new process principle, um, it's more or less some kind of uh, super weapon, which I uh, discovered a few years ago when we 
uh, redesigned the office layout in which we were working in. Mm -hmm. So there we uh, had a closer look onto the process which we were executing. And uh, we thought about how do these roads really interact? Uh, and is that reflected, for example, by the space we're living in? Like who sits together with whom in the office? And mm -hmm. do they have the equipment that they need? Like for modeling, it's always good to have two screens there. And we had a lot of offices without uh, two screen setups. Mm -hmm. So uh, it's really simple to think about these infrastructure things or offer smaller think tanks where they can go for smaller meetings or have deep work areas if they really have to think through things uh, there. So this is part of uh, take the needs of the people uh, into account when, when defining, designing the process and create the reality that they need. Uh, space is just one example. Another one would be uh, tools like which uh, communication tools they are using. And uh, the third one is with regards to communication flows. How do they communicate? Which meetings do we establish along the process to facilitate communication? So really talk to the people, ask them what they need to execute the process. That's part of this fifth uh, new process principle you were just referring to. Now, in terms of um, the new working from home type of setup that a lot of companies have, did this kind of um, throw a wrench into a lot of the established processes or in these cooperation and these working in these spaces that where people were supposed to work together, did that kind of um, throw a wrench into, into those plans or how does that new setup now look? Yeah, so their space is still important with regards to the, the home office setup. Um, so like modeling as one of uh, the remote activities of the people in, in my department um, can be easily done remote. Uh, so it's not so nice uh, to do it online as you can do it in one workshop room, for example, but it can be done uh, to map processes in online sessions. Uh, and then you should have the, uh, the right setup uh, equipment uh, for that. Um, so that aspect is still there. And even more important uh, from my point of view is to think about the, the communication between the Mm -hmm. So facilitate that. If you are um, the process owner, architect working on the process, think about ways to facilitate the communication, invite the people on a regular basis to meetings to um, discuss operational issues with them, mm -hmm. for example. Or if you are the line manager of the people working in the process, then uh, think about ways to facilitate the communication of the um, decentralized people out there bring them together in online meetings, or even try to bring them together physically uh, mm -hmm. once upon a time. It really sounds like uh, if, uh, if in, in any kind of relationship, just the communication is the key, and it seems to be yeah. highlighted here over and over again. And I, I really resonate with this idea because talking and really sharing and being open and transparent, I, I think it's a key in any process. Uh, and as a point six in your checklist, you, you have a point where you say to encourage diversity and inclusion through processes. Uh, what do you mean by that? Um, hmm. <laughs> I have been working on a lot of standardization projects in the past, just to, to give you an example, uh, bringing together um, different locations uh, that were executing the same, basically the same process. Uh, at different locations, but uh, without having the same process design. So they created the same result mm -hmm. uh, or somehow comparable, but uh, without uh, the same process or using different processes. And that's uh, one example where we invited them to have workshops to, to standardize these processes. And for me, this uh, cultural differences, having people from all around, uh, from different cultures was always a hurdle for process standardization in the past. And I had really good workshops uh, within the last year uh, with people from all around the world where we discussed about cultural aspects. And I think we, we completely have to switch the view on that and uh, facilitate diversity and make sure that the group of people that is designing a process is diverse as possible. And um, also take inclusion uh, aspects into that with regards to age or disabilities. Um, if we are talking about innovation workshops, yeah, bring, bring as diverse uh, people as possible into these workshops mm -hmm. uh, to innovate your processes. And that's something 
I would definitely strongly recommend um, mm -hmm. to push that forward instead of seeing that as a hurdle for these so, activities. So you're saying that if you are thinking about uh, enhancing or improving or implementing a new process, it shouldn't be led by uh, a group of people in Germany in an in a office <laughs> from higher exactly. management and tell then the other people who are on a different side of the planet to, to do the things that they think they should do it. Yeah, it doesn't have to be a different side of the planet. You can also take um, cultural differences of mm -hmm. different departments into account. True. So maybe they are sitting on the same floor, but um, the culture in that department is a little bit different and um, often that's a problem. Uh, so bring the people together, uh, let them discuss all their views on that and then develop together the best uh, possible process. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, don't mm -hmm. uh, be afraid of these differences. Um, now, is is there some way that, uh, apart from just uh, listening to to everybody involved, as many uh, as diverse as possible, can can you find a way to somehow enrich a process through through this diversification of people? Yeah, if you are really interested in why the people are doing specific things in the process, so to identify, I would say the best practices uh, within the different cultures. Uh, and then try to put that together as uh, the best of all versions process so that um, the different locations can profit from the local ideas on how to do it and uh, to understand why they're doing this. I, I think that's um, the biggest value there. Mm -hmm. so, so how do you distinguish then from this culture, this, this activity, but this, uh, this different one or this different department does something completely different in that aspect, in this part of the process. Um, how do you decide what to take, what not to take, mm -hmm. even though both sides think it's important, but uh, you have to come to some sort of uh, common ground? Yeah, in that case, uh, I think do it in a structured way. Bring the people together and let them, if it's possible, sit together and um, first create a common understanding of which process we are talking about. Um, let the people show how they are doing it let them show the tools. If it's even possible, go to their location. In, in some cases, it's not possible to do it just online and show how you uh, perform something. So that the whole group creates a deep understanding of how the others are doing the process and um, then find yeah, indicators, for example, on how to identify best practices. So this is then, again, the more technical part Mm -hmm. And uh, we are uh, already talking about KPIs. But as soon as you make it that the whole group agrees on these types of indicators and um, they can evaluate the different processes together and they should be able to find a common solution then and say, ah, okay, this is great how you're doing that at your location. If we combine that with an approach from the other location, um, this could be the best practice then. So really bring the people together and uh, start with creating common sense there. Okay, uh, as a number seven, I have to say I'm not very happy about this point, as you are saying, to disrupt <laughs> uh, established processes. And what we are trying to do in our job is to make them as standard as possible and uh, make them as smooth as possible. And now there is a miracle from a new process lab who says, disrupt, disrupt, make it new, make it, uh, change it and so on. Why would you do that? <laughs> yeah, just to, to get to the next level. Because often, uh, if the processes were already there for several years and there are some patterns and there is a culture established, I think it's time to really break these patterns and um, to question uh, all these well-established processes and ask the people and be courageous enough to, to do it in a different way. So mm -hmm. if you want to go to a new level, then... Some of the good things from the past will have to change and uh, you have to challenge that. This is what uh, I would like to push forward and encourage the people to do that, to really break these patterns. So um, if we're talking about processes that have been established for uh, 10, 20 odd years, I imagine it's like going into an attic and finding really old, dingy um, kind of furniture up there with spiderwebs everywhere and you kind of have to make the decision, hey, I'm just going to chuck out everything or I'm going to pick the nice gems from this attic and keep those in this new um, process that I'm building from that. So my question is, how do you go find find those gems in the already established process? 
I think that really depends on on the process itself. So if it's a process which is uh, highly influenced by IT, mm -hmm. so often developed for years or dec decades or <laughs> in, in some cases, it, it's really hard to disrupt this process. Um, there you have to be very careful setting up a new system and then migrating uh, to another world. Um, so I think there is no, no general answer to that question and you individually have to look onto the process and um, go through all the existing activities, um, try to understand as a process architect or as the one uh, with all the methods for the improvement to understand how the process really looks like and uh, then bring it together with new ideas to yeah, imp improve or even innovate the process. Okay. Uh, so I think we are getting uh, to the last point of your checklist, which is uh, to give meaning to the process. Uh, what would be the meaning of, uh, can you generalize a meaning for any process? What would, what would it be? Um, yeah, it's simply the answer why a specific process exists. So what is it good for? Mm -hmm. um, not just from a strategical perspective, but even from a higher purpose perspective. What can this process contribute uh, to society, for example? So maybe a little bit spiritual. Uh, and spooky for some of the more technical guys out there. Um, but if you would like to motivate the people, jump out of the bed every morning, um, I think there should be a higher reason why we are doing that. And that's uh, something you can, in a very structured procedure, develop as a so-called process purpose together with the people from, um, from work, uh, working in the process. Um, taking the outside perspective as well as the inside perspective of the process into account, uh, pick up uh, the values of the people working in the process and then try to develop uh, a purpose statement um, that contributes to the overall purpose of the organization. Um, yeah, it's, it's really advanced, I would say. That's because uh, it's the last item on the list because the other ones are quite easy. But uh, if you would really rethink your process, then start with the purpose. And uh, mm -hmm. that's uh, for, for the advanced guys out there. Mm -hmm. I mean, I would also think that finding the purpose in any type of activity, and especially larger and fairly large organizations, can be extremely tricky. Because at that point, working in a, in a company of 50 to 100,000 people, um, you're a, a cog in a big machine. And figuring out exactly what your activity contributes to the overall machinery can be a very, very daunting task. So, I mean, how do you even start? Yeah, I think there is very important within this overall purpose discussion to differentiate between different types of purpose. So maybe uh, your organization you're working in has already defined an organizational purpose. So the higher goal of why this organization exists, that makes it way more easy to develop process purpose then that contributes to this overall organizational purpose. And you still have to differentiate these both types of purpose uh, from the individual purpose of the people working in the process. And in the end, it's just important to make sure that the individual purpose can be used or can contribute to the process purpose and the process purpose then contributes to the organizational purpose. That's the theoretical idea. And like giving you one example, um, if I already thought about my own purpose and uh, I did that uh, a lot last year and uh, I came up with the finding that creating inspiring experiences is something like my, my own purpose. So inspire people to do something. This is quite good if you are working in a process where you have to think about training measures, for example. Yeah? And uh, this is how I personally can contribute to the overall process of process management as well, because there, um, enabling the people is a very important element. So that there is a match, and I'm quite happy with that. And this is what you have to fulfill for all the other individual purposes in the perfect world, and then um, everything is fine. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Uh, Patrick, I think we have to look for our purpose also a bit. Uh, <laughs> but before wrapping up the episode, Mirko, uh, let's imagine that there is some uh, let's say, higher management or someone who has actual power over a certain process. And they would like to, let's say, roll out your ideas, at least to a certain degree. 
would there be some tips or like a, a hint a to do that they could easily start right away and that could yield some quick wins uh, on the on the on the beginning already um i think this always depends on the maturity of um the company or the area we are talking about mm -hmm. um that's why i developed this checklist uh, which you already mentioned so this can be used to evaluate um where you are right now with your process and uh, to get ideas on on which parts to start. Um, if you have the chance, I would always recommend to start with thinking about the process purpose. So if that's possible um, to take the time and use that, then as a guideline throughout the overall process. So if you know the purpose, then next step would be to think about the strategy and um, then define or innovate the process you would like to implement. And uh, always refer back to uh, the purpose which was defined in the beginning. Even within the execution of the process, the employees then can think about, ah, okay, now I have to make a decision and I'm not 100% sure. Why do we have this process? What's the purpose? And ah, okay, now I know how to make that decision. So that's the mm -hmm. idea basically of knowing the purpose. And that's why I would recommend to start with the purpose then, if it's possible. Mm -hmm. Okay, uh, then Mirko, uh I think it was a lovely discussion. Uh, before we wrap it up completely, uh, where can people go find out more about you and what you're doing? Um, yeah, newprocesslab.com is uh, the address I, I can re recommend or just uh, follow myself on LinkedIn. Uh, I would say that's the primary channel which I'm using uh, to communicate with the community. There's a great uh, BPM bubble on LinkedIn right now, uh, which is really interesting to see all, all the cool contributions of the different players out there. Uh, so this is what I recommend. Join, join the discussion there and uh, follow the people and um, also bring in your ideas. Uh, that would be great to make this bubble a little bit bigger than it is now. Sounds great. Let's make uh, business process management great again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, then, uh, Mirko, thank you very much for coming to the show. To all you listeners out there, uh, thank you for listening. As usual, you can write us an email on miningyourbusinesspodcast at gmail.com. Uh, if you want to listen to us, you can just hit the website uh, miningyourbusiness.com. Uh, we are on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, just wherever you can go and listen to media. Uh, as usual, we are happy for any feedback whatsoever. If you like us, rate us on Apple Podcasts. And uh, as usual, stay tuned for more of Process Mining World and Business Process Management. Mirko Patrick, thank you very much for today's episode and uh, talk to you later. Yeah, thank you very much. Thank you. Great pleasure. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.